one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Agency Podcast. Eugene here, holding the fort in Toronto. <laughs> and me not holding anything in Florida. Florida, <laughs> where in Florida are you? Well, I'm in Pensacola right now. We have two interviews today for my documentary. I'm getting lots of positive feedback. And um, we're having a blast considering we're on a working trip. We're having fun amongst it, you know? And um, hopefully the air conditioner here won't be too rough on our listeners' ears. Um, What's it like there? Well, it's quite cool here. (laughs) Yesterday was cool and sunny. Today is cool and cloudy. Right. And here, nobody's traveling much. I know. know. The the longest drive I take is to a nearby forest to go for a hike. Um, We still have... um, a lot of COVID issues here in, in Ontario, probably the worst we've had since yeah. the start of the pandemic. And um, people are getting vaccinated as fast as they can, I think. Uh, I, I'm happy to see that uh, uh, as the age is lowered, the uh, the Gen X folks are going out to get their vaccinations in mm-hmm. uh, great numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we could just get enough uh, juice, uh, hopefully we'll... You know, we'll, we'll bring those case numbers down soon. Right. Um, what is a Gen X to you? I Somebody younger oh, than me. Uh, someone's knocking on the hotel room door. So we've got. Oh, oh, yeah. You better find out who it is. Yeah, we better. I'm sure it's housekeeping. Oh, maybe it was a neighbor's door. Stakes here behind us, uh, okay. behind me while I'm on the podcast and he's playing on his phone and stuff. So what is a Gen Xer? I know, you know, for me, the beloved book, one of my favorite novels ever is Generation X, which would have been about us. But marketing took over Gen X and found that they lowered the age group. Uh, I never novel. thought Gen X was us. I think we're the tail end of, of baby boom. Interesting. I don't believe in any of those things. I think they're bullshit marketing things. They're not even to me. Well, of course, they're like anything else that they're ways. No, they're not hard science, but they're ways of describing the world. Well, that is true. That is true. And, um, you know, I don't think that I think they have a limit. My father was really into it. He loved all that stuff. He read a book called Boom Bust or something. I don't know, whatever. Ah. He always wanted me to read it and was so into it. I was like, Dad, they're just bullshit categories people made up to sell you things. Yeah. <laughs> well, then let's just say that uh, now that we, we see people in their 30s and 40s going out to get vaccinated, I'm happy to see uh, that they're rushing out and grabbing that juice as fast as they can. Yes. I, I think also we're hoping that, you know, 25 year olds. Yes, I don't think we're there yet in uh, yep. in Canada. And, you know, and certainly um, nobody's traveling province to front. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. There's always people who are out there doing that um, because they're special. But uh, <laughs> but for the most part, people, I think, are, are uh, respecting the, the need collectively to try to get a handle on this. Pandemic. Right. And and I've definitely seen firsthand that a lot of the media coverage here trashing places in the south for not wearing a mask or something florida is is fairly compliant we've definitely had people mock us and say something when we've been you know at a service station looking at us sideways because they didn't wear a mask but almost every business that we've seen requires a mask and people are wearing masks and um you know there's a few odd uh 
folks that don't want to and look at you strange, but uh, that's all right. So last week, uh, I when stay we, away from them. <laughs> last week when we talked, you were in Nashville. Correct. Um, uh, so what's happened between Nashville and Pensacola? Well, um, we had, a, you know, a lot of this is in the car. Um, we're just in the car driving. Um, and then some of it's been a pretty big grind, pretty tiring <laughs> in a good way. I mean, I'm glad I get, I'm glad I'm tired from this trip, <laughs> but we made it to Miami and we went to see um, uh, a buddy of mine, Rick, that I've known for 25 years. And we set up in his backyard. I shared some photos on Facebook last week and uh, we had a little bit of an interview with him and it was a lot of fun. I think he had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, after all this year of pandemic, it was kind of exciting to have a project like this. And, um, you know, really, it, it, it is the quarantine and the pandemic that really kicked me in the butt and said, you know, you better seize the day, girl, because anything can happen in this world. So uh, for, for those listeners who have just beamed down from yeah, Mars yeah. and haven't been following our, our podcasts, uh, maybe you can, uh, you can tell them a little bit about just what you are up to. Okay, I'm making a documentary, and I reached out for um, some support, financial support from different people, and I got a small grant to um, do some interviews, which is what started this ball rolling, and it doesn't pay for the whole thing, but takes the edge off, if you will, and sometimes that's all you need. So I'm making a documentary about meeting people I know from online web boards and uh, internet groups and book clubs, and I'm meeting them in person, and I've been doing it for a really long time. Uh, and by a really long time, actually, some of them started in 2007. And um, so I've built up this body of interviews, you know, hours of tape and, and mileage, uh, 15,000 miles or something. I, I wrote it down at one point, and it's, it's much bigger now. And um, it occurred to me, I need to really commit to getting some, I guess, unicorn interviews, if you will. They were the ones that I feel like I wanted to get and I, and I hadn't. I still have one in Houston, still have one in Detroit. Um, today, we're meeting a longtime blogging friend of mine who I've met twice before. And today, we just talked on the phone. Her name, her name on, uh, it was Gardenia. She had a From a Lofty Perch blog. And um, we know her now on Facebook. That's how we connect with mm -hmm. each other and the odd phone call and text. But we stayed with her for about a month, 10 years ago. She just put us up and we just had a blast. We chopped down all orange trees for her and helped her in her garden and went on all kinds of excursions. <laughs> chopped down orange, orange trees? We pruned orange trees. Oh, I you should pruned say pruned. them. Okay. I didn't chop them down. I'm not a monster. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I hate orange trees. I'm going to chop them down. No, we pruned for her. We helped in the garden. We tried to do useful things, right? And um, we were just having so much fun that we kind of dragged it out. And uh, her and her husband, we considered dear friends of ours, and we met through our mutual imagination on blogging. And um, we first met her in 2007 in New Orleans. And in fact, in my promo, you can just see us in New Orleans and you can see her for a few minutes talking. That was then, actually right after I was, Sheila and I were in New Orleans with you. And then we went home and then you yes. guys met up after that. Actually, that's absolutely true. We had done our road trip through Texas and went and we stayed an extra couple of days in New Orleans to, to meet our online friends. And she drove from Pensacola to New Orleans at that time. And that was the first time we met her, which is just, you know, kind of crazy. Right. And then, then we saw her in Pensacola, like I said, and, um, 
And today we talked on the phone and she said, I never thought we'd see each other again. And I said, I kind of feel the same way. I hadn't gone quite to that point, but especially after the pandemic, you're just thinking, well, you know, we're not, I've had a lot of people say they're not, I guess they're never going to travel again. And kind of they're coping with that, that thought. And whether or not that's true, we don't know if we're going to do international travel. Definitely not in the way we used to. And um, so anyway, we're looking forward to seeing her after this podcast. I told her I was recording and we'd come over after we finished our recording and we're going to hang out at her place in the backyard. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you'll get some great material for the film. Yeah, I hope so. We're also interviewing a fellow, Alan, who is a definitive Hemingway academic and Cormac McCarthy academic, who I've also met through uh, the Cormac McCarthy Society online. So we're meeting him this afternoon at his daughter's restaurant. And so that's my day, you know, I'm kind of excited about it. And then we're going to hit the road again, at that's, least by tomorrow morning. You're having such adventures. It's, me, it's, it's me, crazy. I'm, I'm, let's see, I'm making dog cookies today. Oh, I love it. And I can talk a bit about that. It's sort of a comfort Please. food diner for it, dogs. It, kinda, it is. It definitely is. You know, the reason why I, I don't make them very often because I don't think about it, but they're <laughs> they're cheap and easy and you yes. can make them with materials on hand and the dogs love them 10,000 <laughs> times better than anything you could buy in a pet store. Right. Um, so the reason why I, I, I made a batch the other day and I'm going to make uh, another batch now is that I discovered that my I had a hole in my oatmeal bag. Oh. Um, and I mean, it's not like a mouse hole or anything. It's just my, my bag was breaking apart. So I mm -hmm. thought I better use this oatmeal. Mm -hmm. So my basic recipe for dog cookies and some people who say oh, dogs can't have grain will be very mm -hmm. upset with me, um, mm -hmm. but that's okay. I'll let them be upset and they don't have to give these cookies to their dogs. Um, I use uh, oatmeal as the base. Mm -hmm. I add a little bit of flour. Uh, of whatever kind I have around. Um, I add some peanut butter, or in, in this case, um, there's some almond butter that you left at our place that's oh, yeah. transforming into hard lumps of, of almond butter with almond butter oil separated. Oh yeah, you gotta turn that upside down or something. Uh, yeah, so I, I've tried to get it all mushed out. And, uh, and then I, I thought this is gonna be so difficult, I'm not gonna eat this almond butter. So right. I, I dug out chunks of it and added it to, I probably added a cup of it or a cup and a half of it to the uh, the oatmeal and the flour. That's um, pretty top shelf dog biscuits. Oh, I'm telling you. Butter. I'm trying I'm, to remember how much that cost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't buy it, so it was actually pretty cheap dog biscuits. <laughs> well, it's so good for them, though. It's very it's, good. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. So you can also use <laughs> grate up cheese. Works mm -hmm. fantastic in these things. And if you want to give a little burst of flavor, and in fact, if your dogs are getting bored of their bland dinners and, and you want to just jazz it up a little bit, oregano. What? Oregano. I had no idea. Add oregano to anything. Dogs go bananas for it. <laughs> they love oregano. They would eat wood chips if you soaked them in a, <laughs> like an a, a oregano mixture oh, i wouldn't feed my dogs wood chips no okay? no of course not but we um, get your point <laughs> so i have almond butter and and oregano as a, as the the basis for for these dog cookies well, it sounds like and, you could have a bite of them too yeah really and <laughs> i i add some water to them and mm -hmm. just until i can bring it 
together as like a a thick dough that's not too sticky. Mm -hmm. And then I'll shape them. Either I'll roll them out with a rolling pin and then cut them into mm -hmm. cookies um, mm -hmm. or I'll roll them into logs and cut them into like log shaped pieces. And then I bake them in the oven until they start to brown and they get hard uh, and the dogs go crazy for them. Right. So I made a batch the other day. I don't remember which day it was. And I, I brought some across the street to <laughs> Georgia. We have George here and Georgia across the street. Fun. Georgia just turned 13. Fun. Uh, she's a standard bred poodle mm. uh, and a lovely dog. Uh, belongs to our, our friend Slavka and, and we brought uh, a batch of cookies over to celebrate George's birthday and um, then I also dropped some off around the corner on Jasmine there's a young dog there that I just love named Clyde <laughs> Clyde Clyde is just he's a heavenly dog he's I'm glad he doesn't live here that's all I can say <laughs> he's, he's kind action. of boisterous yeah um, for instance he he jumped up onto their kitchen island a couple of weeks ago. From the ground, he just leaped up and landed all four legs on the kitchen island. Mm -hmm. um, he's uh, apparently part Rottweiler and part Pyrenees, but he doesn't look like either of those dogs. Oh, wow. That is a very um, intense combo. Yeah, he looks like more like he might be uh, Golden Lab and Great Dane. Okay. But he's a big dog, and right. anyway, I I I always spoil up Clyde, so I <laughs> I brought over some cookies for Clyde too, and um, yeah. making dog friends in the neighborhood. Not yeah. as adventurous as a road trip, right? Oh and, well, you know, that's adventurous. <laughs> I mean, it, there it is a weird thing to be doing this right now, especially coming after this past year. It is strange, and we are being vigilant. We're being as careful. We're vaccinated. Uh, the people we are meeting are vaccinated and um, and we're stopping along the way. Um, I wanted to mention that we um, didn't go straight to Pensacola from Miami. We stopped in, in a little town called Venice um, with Derek's parents, um, Stag's best friend, Derek. You've met Derek. Yes. Yeah. So we met his mom and her, her husband and, and nice. they took care of us. We had a good rest for uh, a day and a half. They put us up and spoiled us rotten and took us around the town. We, you know, we sightseed and, and, and checked out their, their sightseed or sight saw. We, we sight saw. We, we, we did seed and sawed. And, um, you know, we hung out and they fed us and we drank some wine and we watched the Oscars with them. Oh, the Oscars. We should talk about the Oscars, huh? Yeah, it's really different not? this year. Yes. Um, and I, I didn't watch all of it. We watched some of it. Um, <laughs> you, you know, well, first of all, I am not the guy to, to be the judge yeah. on award shows because yeah. I am, I don't really like award shows mm -hmm. at the best of times. That is but, well familiar to me. So, but we thought we'd turn it on uh, and we, we would watch some of it at least. And um, before we got really, really, really bored and, yeah. you know, changed it to something else. Uh, I, I saw some good things, and yeah. I mean the the good things that I saw were that that clearly the Oscars, which have which have been so refrigerator white for so many years, uh, seem to be changing and becoming more diverse. Mm -hmm. And 
um, what I saw, even in the short period that I watched, mm -hmm. is that they were making a, a concerted effort to be more inclusive and diverse mm -hmm. and to celebrate um, films made by people besides white Hollywood. Yes. Um, so yeah. that, I thought that was really good. Um, the the sort of downside of of making that kind of effort is the excessive earnestness is a little bit uh, a little bit much. Okay. You know, I wanted it to be fun. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there, at least in the the part of it that we saw, there was no fun. There were no oh. laughs. It was just it was just pretty dour. Um, but you know, uh, we got bored and left. But I think still, I, I'm happy to see that that is changing and also that they're trying different formats that's really good yeah i thought that was interesting with the the whole pandemic notion and did you watch the whole thing i watched the whole thing and you did you find it overall pretty interesting or did you too find there were boring parts well you know it's never boring for me you could fess up i know it's not boring for me I, i'm a target audience it's my um it's my super bowl okay i love every minute of it uh, there, there's very little i don't enjoy about it and, um, you know, I did enjoy the format. It was, it was strange. It was different. So it, it kind of worked on my imagination because I, I really thought it was fun to have something in the train station different. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I, I realized that it's not always in, you know, many years ago, there was all kinds of scandal involved and bad clothing. Uh, now everyone has all these stylists. They always look, you know, good for TV. I kind of miss that there aren't some, you know, goofs and gaffes but that's what the grammys are for and uh, mtv ah. uh, do you right? miss a host I, I thought it would have benefited from having a host somebody conversational to carry you from segment to segment nothing's going to replace the insanity of someone like steve martin or tina fey for sure and i love all the comedy that's usually there you know i guess i just got into it i just got into it it definitely you know i think we've got to have some time sometimes you need a transition point you need to have a quiet time from everything from a beginning, a middle, an end. And if you're going to do trans transformation, sometimes you need a, um, what would I, a germination period. So I see it as a resting point. So would you um, say overall it was, it was a successful change? I would say overall the show was successful. Okay. Um, uh, you know. I, as I award shows go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like her a lot and so I was glad to see she won an Oscar and I was happy with all the winners and um, seeing the stars I really care about. I love Carrie Mulligan. You know, we talked about promising young woman on this show. This was weird because it's the first time that I haven't seen most of the films at least. I usually make such an effort to see all the right. nominated well, films. It's, so it's that been was a lot more weird. difficult this year because I mean, some you can stream, some you can't, you can't get yeah. out to theaters. Yeah. And Are theaters opening up in, in, in general in the United States now? You know, I don't think they're, they're not open in Florida, but they are open in Illinois. Okay. So Miami didn't have, we thought, we kind of thought we would go to a movie in, in Florida, in Miami, but they're not open. So it was really, again, that goes against the stereotype that I've heard about Florida being, you know, all crazy and everything. Yes. That's spring break. In general, many, many people have been vigilant, stayed home, just like we had. Um, they definitely um, got the advantage of being in a warm climate where they could go out all the time. They could go for walks year round. They didn't have that winter feeling we had in Chicago and Toronto where you're, you know, that first bit where you're inside all the time. 
I mean, I'm, we're not athletes. Steg and I aren't big hikers in that. I'm sure many people found ways to go skating or hiking in the snow, but we're not that way. Well, um, an interesting and very weird thing happened yeah. up, up here about oh, a week and a half ago or so yeah. as the, the case counts got alarmingly high. Um, and our, our premier, Doug, uh, decided he needed to do something. And um, he did some really strange things. One of the things was that he closed playgrounds and mm. closed areas where people could go to get outdoor recreation. Um, mm. And that didn't go over very well because <laughs> um, being outdoors, I think the science is telling us there's a lot less of an opportunity to get yes. infected yes. as indoors. Yes. Um, and then he wanted to increase enforcement. So he decided to give the police special powers to stop people and question them about where they're going and why they aren't at home where they should be. And the police all said, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> good. Which good for them. They, yep. yeah, across the board, all the police forces said, uh, no, no, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. we're not doing that. Right. And um, the public in general turned on the premier and he was just slaughtered on social media. So mm -hmm. he came back on a press conference and he looked really, really bad, really shaken. Yeah. Uh, and also he's hiding out in his late mother's house right now because um, he was exposed uh, to someone who tested positive. So even though he's had, I think, one shot, he's still right. isolating. Sure. Um, and he basically came on and said, uh, uh, we made a mistake and mm -hmm. we're really, really sorry. We made the mistake. We're trying to do the right thing. We made a mistake. Uh, and politically it was just disaster uh, for goodness. him which is fine by me fine by me too let's get this guy kicked out and and which is weird because you know a year ago he had kind of shown that he was able to have a uh, positive leadership despite being um in, in an unethical political realm it looks like he's I'm really concerned. rocked under the pressure Mm -hmm. He's really having having problems with the fact that the stuff he's done hasn't been successful. Right. And the other thing that uh, has really hurt him is there's been a far and wide demand for a, a, a provincial paid sick leave program. Yes. Um, so that if people feel that maybe I have COVID, I don't want to go into work, mm -hmm. they don't feel that. I need the money. I have to go into work. I can't take the time off. Mm -hmm. So there is a federal program, but it's not very adequate and it's <laughs> slow to get any money to people. And there's been a big clamor for Ford to set up a, a provincial program. And when he came on and apologized for everything else, um, he said that, yeah, they're cooking one up. So okay, we haven't well, heard what it's going to look like right. yet, but he's promised some kind of paid sick leave. Okay. Uh, I wish he'd get at it because yeah. I think it's keeping people at home when they're sick is pretty important right now. I, I agree. Um, it, it would it would minimize all the flus and colds that we all get when we're working anyway, if you <laughs> let people stay home. It's the worst thing when you're at work and someone has a cold. I'm like, why did you know why they came in, but I'm like, it's not your, and then they go, it's just allergies. Yeah, liar. <laughs> um, no, it's bad. You know, I'm a big believer in universal income. And I, you know, I had my, um, 
my world peace list, list that we had early in this podcast, I had a huge list of what I thought would help social change and other people would think help social change and, and equity. And those things have been the buzzwords for the rest of this time period. We've got a vacuum going down the hall with housekeeping in our, our hotel right now. That's so okay. It just, just adds to the color ambience. and flavor. That's right. That's right. Um, but I, oh, you know what? So we had a great visit. We watched the Oscars with um, Tony and Dan. Hi, if you're listening. I don't think they do, but just in case they do. Um, we, in Miami, and amongst setting up with the film crew, we had, a, we had three guys come and do the film uh, interview. But we had a window of opportunity, and I really, really wanted to go to an art gallery, an art museum. And someone at, um, had recommended the Perez um, Art Museum in Miami. And hold on, everything's happening. My phone's going off. So we went to this amazing, we went to two galleries, two huge museums in Miami, Eugene. They were incredible. The Perez Art Museum and the Bass. One was on Miami Beach at 2100 Collins Avenue. The other one was at 1103 Biscayne Boulevard. And if anyone is listening from Miami and you haven't gone to those, which I think is possible, you need to go. Um, in fact, we were really, I was really bugging Tony and Dan to get in there and see it because it's incredible. Um, we saw so much art and the building itself is amazing. It was like $200 million to build this art, art this wow. museum. Is there yeah, any particular work or style of work that you saw that, that uh, really impressed you? They do. And I took notes and I can't see them now. Isn't that funny? Oh, here we go. Yes. No, it, basically they do have a contemporary collection that's, that's a main collection. But um, Jorge M. Perez Art Museum of Miami-Dade County, it's named after him. He was collecting Latin, Latinx or Latino or Latina art and um, South American art. It's got everything, everything in it. It's so incredible. Um, and I wrote down a few notes of some of the paintings and artwork we saw. There was one from Theaster Gates. I don't know if you know them, mm -mm. but... Um, uh, Stag knew them right away. It's called Breathing and it's from 2010. They've been filming people, um, black monks and black gospel and blues singers since 2008. Wow. Which made me feel good because it's a long project, you know. We've talked mm -hmm. about that. The documentaries take a long time. And basically, they combine these black monks chanting with gospel and blues singers. And it is powerful. I took a little clip that I can share on Facebook. Um, but basically, they're they come from art, urban planning, community participation to address systemic racism and economic inequity. And um, it was beautiful. I mean, we just sat in there and watched this film. It's, oh, it was really successful and really gorgeous. Another painting I really loved, um, this was um, mixed meat. This was um, called San Soleil by Firely Baez. And it's a portrait in deep red browns and no details on the on the shoulders or anything. But when you first see it, there's a, a headpiece and you can't help but think of girl with a pearl earring, only it's huge. And the face is red and brown and the eyes seem to just float in her face. And then she's got this intensely painted neutral colored headpiece or turban. And um, it was just stunning. I've got a picture of stagnant standing next to it because I loved it so much. And then we saw um, another one that stood out was Sediment by Jeff Sandhouse. And it was oil, acrylic, and mixed media, including fabric and sunglasses. Mostly painting, but they had glued some sunglasses right onto this character. And he had a headpiece as well of fabric. And the, the 
he's wearing a suit, a pinstripe suit with a, a, a leopard shawl. And that was to symbolize bringing past and present um, history and beliefs into this one painting. And it's incredible. I took a picture of it too, because it was just amazing. And then they had a whole show called Allied with Power, which was Africana and African diaspora art. 37 artists from Africa, Europe, USA, Latin America, and the Caribbean. The That's building. a great opportunity to see that coupled with the South American work. Oh, uh, it's, a, it's a chance to get some different perspectives. That's it great. was so beautiful. And never mind that, the building itself is worth going to see. They've set up a huge plaza with two museums. One is science and technology, which we did not get to. We just didn't have time. We took this little window of four hours. We left our host and they were unable to join us. And we just went and enjoyed these two galleries. And people were just hanging out in the area. It was so amazing to see so many people just hanging around. Maybe they didn't even go into the gallery. Oh, plus we are members of the Art Institute of Chicago. And they have a, um, we were able to get in with our Institute of Chicago membership. Um, I've gone wow, to the Whitney and the Vancouver Art Gallery on my membership in Chicago. I guess they have this alliance with some galleries around North America. Isn't that cool? That makes that makes sense to do that. It That's does. great. I know. I love that. And one more so, reason to, to support your home gallery. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And um, the building was designed by... Um, I think they were, I don't know if they, I don't, let me see where I, I, I can't remember Herzog and, and let me see if I can find it here. I saved the page so I wouldn't be stumbling over my word. Uh, Herzog and Demeron, and I think they are Swiss or French. That's just terrible. Um, it's a beautiful building. There's a plant by, uh, there's sculptures that are these plant pieces that hang down in pillars. And, um, Patrick Blanc designed them. He's a French botanist. And they've got these, you know, they've got 80 plants hanging off of them. It, it, it's unbelievable. I hope, I hope you can go and see it someday. I think you and Sheila would just love it. It was just the most beautiful gallery. Then we went to the Bass. And that's in Miami Beach. And it's so funny because you may recall that as a, as a teenager, I went to Florida a lot for these big meditation conventions and, and health food conventions when I was um, young. And we would just terrorize Miami Beach. And it was completely decrepit buildings and not fixed up. And, mm -hmm. and we just loved it there. But I didn't know there was an art gallery right there. <laughs> you know, so I've never kinda, been to Florida. You know, I don't, it's not for everyone. I it's have like, a love I, You know, I, I'm amazed that like a, a, a team of special forces people don't break into, into my house and take away my passport. Because, you know, if you're a Canadian, you almost have to go to Florida. I know, I know. Well, it, you know, I have, a love, I have a love-hate relationship with Florida. There's a lot of it that you just go, oh, Florida. Um, but you know what? Old Florida is really cool, like the Travis McGee, Florida. Mm. It's amazing. And we saw a bit of Travis McGee, Florida the other day because Tony and Dan took us to a place called Snook Haven. <laughs> and it's on a it's on a water, a waterway. And it's not fancy. It's, you know, some barbecue, chicken wings some fried pickles, it had collard greens. It was really good food and you can get a beer or a wine and sit outside. And there was a, a boat tour. We didn't do any of that. We just, we just had food and hung out outside. And I took a couple of pictures because they have a banjo club there. Wow. Yeah. So I took some photos for you of the, of the signage. 
We didn't have any, and they have live bands play. We just had missed the, the band playing. They played one till four, but what a cool place. And it's down like an old decrepit road into the jungle. Um, well, I, I considered going to Florida Florida. once. You did? Be- yes, because there's a banjo camp. The, the Suwannee banjo camp is in the Gainesville area, which I think is in Northern Florida. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's another banjo camp that I've gone to, uh, which is in uh, Michigan near Lansing in Olivet, Michigan. Um, now that's a six hour drive from here, which is reasonable to do yeah. for a long weekend. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be very cool to go to the one in Florida, but it's such a long drive for three or four days. I just couldn't justify it in my, in my mm. mind. Yeah. So I haven't gone. I've been to Mississippi. I've been to Tennessee. I've been to Kentucky. I've been to Louisiana, Texas. I've just missed Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I lived in Florida once. I don't remember it, though. My dad was stationed there in the Army. And ah. uh, we lived there when I was there. You lived young. everywhere. Well, that's part of being a military brat, right? An Army brat. You, you do move around a bit. Reno, Chicago, get- Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, <laughs> Toronto, Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> haven't been, I haven't lived those places, but thank you. <laughs> and you know, also you know, that's because- from, I, I've been everywhere, right? I know. I, mean, I haven't been to those places, but I think that is, you know, I guess I really, my family really embraced that whole um, pilgrimage. You know, we were thrown in the back of the car at four in the morning, moving to the next place where my dad, if he was, sent somewhere nowhere exotic except florida um you know cold lake winnipeg um ottawa but you know um so we kind of adopted that and and i guess it kind of gets under your skin my sister likes a road trip i mean who doesn't love a road trip it is pretty fun exactly yeah so what else did we do oh um we had we really asked our hosts in miami to take us to a luna star cafe because we had been there before with them on a similar uh visit and Luna Star has been they've got a GoFundMe page they've been suffering like many other places and they're a live music venue and you would love this place I took a couple of pictures and I took a video for you and we went to go see Chelsea Beat Chelsea Beat is a Colombian band that plays Beatles and 60s music with and a Colombian pretty, flair I think they just enjoy uh, I, I can I'll, I'll share a video but I think they just enjoy the Beatles maybe there's a Colombian f- flair but they really like the 60s music and they they cover it. But they one of them got COVID. Oh dear. So they canceled. Now the way they have this place set up was they've got a big, you remember in the Blues Brothers with the chain link fence around the band or the chain Yes, fence? yes. Only they've got plastic. <laughs> I feel so bad for the musician, except it's good, right? Because singing is one of the things you probably don't want to do around each other when you've got COVID. They say that's why churches were closed wasn't just because you had a bunch of people in there but you've got people doing singing and chanting so that's projecting your the air in your body that would spread COVID more so anyway this guy they had a guy come in and fill in and they've got a cute menu um delicious salad and food and if you were in the Miami-Dade area and you haven't been to the Luna Star Cafe help them out go see them um a really quaint location they're from Brooklyn in New York City. They've been in um, transplants to Miami for quite a long time, and they love art. They've got art all over the walls, and I will share a picture of it. Okay. Um, hey, really I, you know, I do know place. some Colombian music, but yes. no, not the Beatles. 
Right. <laughs> um, what uh, the music I know from Colombia is uh, vallenato music, uh, mm-hmm. which is it's accordion driven music. It was traditionally it was flute driven, but once they got accordions, uh, they jumped all over that because, um, like in a lot of folk music, uh, the accordion took over because it's loud. And you can drive the dancers, right? True, and it's, it's very true. much dance music. Um, and if anyone's interested in, in listening to some Vianato, uh music, uh, I suggest you check out a band. There's a lot of material on YouTube with the great name of Very Be Careful. <laughs> and they've been around for a long That's time. A yes, they've been around for a long time. And they, they gained some publicity quite a number of years ago because uh, Joe Strummer really liked this band. Oh. Uh, and so he publicized them some right. and I think that's how I found out about them but I've been listening to them for uh, for years and years and they do a fabulous job I highly recommend you check it out right. did you watch the Joe Starmer movie yet? I've not, no okay, the future is unwritten no, I I'm thought it would gonna, be sad I'm still gonna oh, I cried through the entire movie the entire movie I cried so hard that I made Stay cry Oh. oh, no, it's so beautiful, though. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I, I loved him so much. Um, and I think you'll just really enjoy the, it's not sad. It's only, it's only sad because I loved him. It's a bittersweet sad. It's not sad. It's, it's life, and, life affirming. And what's it it's called again? The Future is Unwritten. It's an absolutely stunning, wonderful movie. And it's a documentary by Julian Temple, who was a peer of... The Clash. He made Absolute Beginners and the British filmmaker and I highly recommend it. One of the greatest music documentaries ever made. Well, I'm going to check it out then for yeah, sure. Yeah. We're so, watching a, uh, a British show right now on Sheila. Sheila has a knack for finding oddball shows <laughs> on various right. streaming uh, sure. services and she was... Um, surfing around on BritBox and she came up with a show that was was two seasons, 16 episodes from 2006 and 2007 called Life on Mars. Mm. And the the title comes from the David Bowie song. I I knew that. (laughs) Um, And this show is it's it's like a police procedural show, like so many other British police procedural shows, except it's turned on its end. It's a show about a guy, uh, a police uh, detective chief superintendent or chief inspector or whatever. I, I get all mixed up with mm-hmm. British cop titles. Um, anyway, it's John Sim is the actor. He plays a police detective in Manchester in 2006, and they're out trying to get a serial killer. And... Um, while he's out there chasing down the serial killer, he gets hit by a car and he ends up in the hospital in a coma. Next thing you know, he wakes up and it's no longer 2006. It's 1973. Wow. And they don't explain it. It's 1973. And he's like, where's my mobile? Where's my (laughs) cell phone? And people are going like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) And they're all dressed like 73. All the cars are 1973. And it turns out that in 1973, when he was actually four, yes. um, he was a cop in the same station. 
So on the day he shows, he wakes up in 1973, he's transferred into the same station that he works at in 2006. Oh. And um, except mm-hmm. that it's a different cast of characters mm-hmm. and they all do policing like they did in, it's like Starsky and Hutch, right? <laughs> you well, know, they're was... like super violent and they don't follow any procedures. And... Surely he must have recognized maybe there would be a young a police officer that turned out to be their captain. Did that happen in it? Well, no, you know, and he's, by he's, he's backed up a rank in 1973. Mm-hmm. And his boss is like a guy mm-hmm. who just like bangs around the criminals, you know? Right, um, right. Doesn't worry about little details like evidence <laughs> and he doesn't fit up anybody who he doesn't know is guilty. Right. Right. And this guy's sort of saying, well, that's not the way you do it. You need evidence. And he's trying to introduce the way he does things. And of course, what does start to happen is he starts to find, he stumbles into a crime and he thinks that the the killer is the same killer who's still killing 33 years later. I love it. That they're chasing. So it's a wonderful show. Uh, sometimes there's, there's a clue that maybe he's still in a coma because he'll be, you know, doing his detective shit in 1973 and the lights will flicker. And when the lights flicker, then he can hear the doctors and the nurses talking. Oh no, the life support's not working. Wow. And, and he doesn't know what's going on. And, um, then they, they get the life support working and the lights come back on again. So we think that he's, we haven't seen it all yet. So right. we, we think that he's in a, still in a coma uh, and in investigating the same crime, um, but back in, back in time. Right, right. Um, and this show, other countries have taken on versions of this show. So there's three or okay. four versions That's made in, in other countries with right, different right, languages. Right. I different, love it. Um, but the same premise. And yes. then after the three seasons, there's a sequel to this uh-huh. called Ashes to Ashes. Um, and it's set in, in London and it has some of the same characters, but mm-hmm. it's from 2008 Ooh. back in time to 1981. And okay. it's a guy who gets shot. A, I think it's a policeman who gets shot in 2008 and he <laughs> wakes up and it's 1981. What a great idea. It's a wonderful idea. And they have so much fun with it because they they do like 1973 really straight up. And (laughs) this guy, he thinks he's going mad. He doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, he tries to share it uh, with some other people and they just think he's he's a nutter. He's having a break, a psychotic break or something. Yes, exactly. So it it is fun. It's tremendous fun. We're we're really (laughs) enjoying it. Great. Well, you know, we can't, we're not watching anything. I mean, I think if we watched, you know, reruns of Law and Order on TV one night or something like that, but we're not watching anything. Um, but we are listening while we're driving. And um, we've listened to a couple of amazing programs. Um, probably one of the most famous podcasts in the world is Serial. I'm sure many people have, who might even be listening. I, I know people have been telling me to listen to it for years and years, and I just never got to it. So cereal we, as in wheat soggies or cereal as in um, cereal killer? As No, in, as in serialized program. So it's a cereal. It's five, <laughs> they use five or six episodes a season, and it's a, a, an offshoot of New York Times and 
NPR, I think, I don't know. I, they, they say the advertisements during it, but I, I've blocked it out. And it started, I did not, the, the most famous one was this, um, whether or not someone had been wrongly accused of a crime. That's the first season. But we started with the most recent season. Uh, I think it was probably last year, 2020. And it was called Nice White People. And she basically does a deep dive into a school in, in Brooklyn and that has um, a neighborhood public school and she goes through 60 years of history. And if you told me I would find this interesting, when I looked at it, I went, well, I'm just going to try it anyway because we need something to listen to in the car. Sure. It was absolutely fascinating. And um, just how much, you know, the privilege of nice white people coming into a school area and they can get so much done and raise so much money but there, but it, it produces problems. Sure. And it's just fantastic to see how that worked out and, and some changes that were made, um, positive changes that are mandated now in some school systems in New York City. And it was a great program. I really recommend it. We, and then yesterday we started listening to the most famous one, the original serial with the mistake, possibly mistaken murder. So you've got this high school murder happening and someone's in prison now. They've been in prison for 20 years or something by this time that you and I are talking today because this was set in 2014. And she interviews the cops, the parents, the, the school people. He's been in prison 15 years at the time she makes a serial, uh, this a series. And you don't know who did it. And he says he didn't, of course. And then you don't, you still don't know where we're at. We've listened to about four or five episodes and we don't know where this is going still. Um, but it was pretty compelling. Then we listened to Operation Midnight Climax, and we're not finished that. We've listened to four or five episodes, and Operation Midnight Climax is pretty fun. Did you know that the CIA had a guy in New York City dosing people unbeknownst to themselves at house parties? Not surprised. I'm not surprised either, I guess. I mean, there had always been the rumors, but I have never really done any serious um, research on this. And so this is called Operation Midnight Climax because George White, who was born in 1908, by the 1950s and early 60s, he was having these house parties, you know, five or six people and dosed them without telling them that he was giving them LSD. And so you find out some of the shit that happens with that. And um, there's a guy called Gottlieb, who's his boss, who gets a new program. They call it Operation Midnight Climax. And they... He moves to San Francisco. This guy's a nasty guy in the first place, George White, who doses these people. They just hired him. He's almost like, you know, oh, let's find an asshole serial killer and, 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 and torture and just give him a job, basically, right? <clears throat> Excuse wow. me. And so he goes to San Francisco and they get sex workers who are on the payroll of the CIA. Of course. To, of course, to lure their clients into a, a safe house whether it's a hotel or whatever it is. And they have one-way class and they secretly dose them with all kinds of things under the this guise. This would be a great novel, wouldn't it? It would be a great novel. Just under start guise, off with, with sex workers on the payroll of the CIA. Go. I know. I know. I'm, I'm kind of surprised there isn't a movie about this or something. Maybe there is. Um, but I enjoyed this. It was great to have this podcast kind of open this up because, you know, I'm familiar with other aspects of the same program but i did not know this so the reason they're doing it is for they're studying mind control 
and interrogation methods. They're trying to find out if you give people drugs, can you get, can you control them? Can you get them to do things? Can you get a truth? Always the, always the holy grail is as truth serum, right? So they tell them once they're high, they encourage them to harm other people or kill them and they monitor their reactions. I mean, it's so sick and That's highly, creepy. highly illegal, highly illegal. Um, so we're just getting into that. We, like I said, we've listened to, um, we've kind of got a, a bit of his life story, George White. And we're like, why don't we know about this guy? So of course we had to go find a picture of him. And um, we've just limited, it's what I would call limited information when I Googled it. I did get a picture of him, but what a great um, podcast. Pretty fun. It sounds it like a lot be, of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's great for the car, right? Keeps you going, mm -hmm. keeps you awake. That's what we've been consuming for pop culture that way. Right on. Well, you know, I haven't been really reading or watching a whole lot of other things. I, I started to uh, I started to make a, a new book of collages, mm -hmm. which is uh, something that I've I've done and Sheila has as well. Throughout the pandemic, we've made a number of books of collages. Right. And this one is just starting. I. We know we have a, a book box, like a little free library in front of our, yeah. our place. Yeah. And I found a 1939 hardcover book in there um, called Ghosts of London by H.V. Morton. Mm, I love so, the title. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I do when I do these books is that I I recognize that when you start gluing stuff in, in an actual old book, uh -huh. it gets thick. Yes. So um, when I start off, I remove probably a third of the pages. What a great idea. I wish I right. thought of that. <laughs> so I, I just take a, a, a razor blade and I just start yeah. cutting out pages every few pages. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, I, I take the text in some of those pages and glue it back in on other pages upside down. Great idea. Um, so I've just started the book by doing some basic alterations, mm -hmm. um, removing pages, sticking some pages back mm -hmm. in, and mm -hmm. I have my uh, selection of collage materials uh, at hand, and I'm, I'm just starting to go to town on, on this one. Um, I think this one uh, is going to be uh, a little bit more thematic than uh, some of the other ones that I've done. Mm. Excellent. And, uh, and there'll be more on that uh, yes. later on. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, the other thing that's happening here is I've been fiddling up a storm. Well, that's amazing. Um, the more I fiddle, uh, mm -hmm. as I start to gain a little tiny, tiny bit of competence at it, um, the more I'm really buoyed and excited by it and the more I want to play. So I've been spending a tremendous amount of time um, learning to play, both learning new tunes and getting better at tunes I've been playing for some time, um, mm. trying to play different ways and trying to mess with them a little bit. Uh, so uh, the last week or so, I've been working on a couple of Canadian tunes and I'll post versions Ooh. of them on um, Good. Uh, on our Facebook page. It won't be a version by me yet because I don't have the <laughs> confidence in my own Aww. playing yet. Um, although some days I think they're sounding pretty good. Uh, but I've been working on uh, the St. Anne's Reel. Actually, three of them. The St. Anne's Reel, um, which uh, it's probably the most popular reel in Canada. It's a reel mm. to St. Anne, um, mm. well-known as a Canadian tune. Uh, the Gaspé Reel, which is another Quebec tune. 
Um, and I've also been playing for some time uh, a Quebec tune uh, called uh, La Petite Patate Brulee, uh, which mm -hmm. is uh, Little Bird Potato. <laughs> uh, and we know it more as Little Bird Potato because it was recorded by Don Messer. Oh, and his Islanders and mm -hmm. was really popularized at that time when um, do you remember the Don Messer TV show? I'm aware of it. My grandmother loved it. I I just love that. I was so fascinated. <laughs> you know, I really was when the, you know, the first of all, he had a great band. It yeah. was like an old time band, but it was a big band and yeah. it had a great piano player and there were horns and fiddles Um and he had a drummer who would play um, the wood blocks and cowbells to imitate uh, to imitate spoons. Uh, really, really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. in the show, um, they would they would have tap dancers come out or step dancers, <laughs> yeah. always dressed in a three piece suit. Yeah, and, uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah. Really, really. Really, really great. So that's, uh, I think of that one, uh, Little Bird Potato as a Don Messer tune. And it's a jig. So uh, I'm learning to do jig bowing, which <laughs> um, which has its challenges. So really that's captured my imagination lately is, uh, is learning different ways of playing the fiddle and learning new tunes. And of course, I'm spending a lot of time listening on YouTube to uh, to fiddle tunes and tutorials and all of that kind of thing. So that's taking up a fair bit of uh, of my kind of cultural time. Mm. Mm. Very cool. I had a little bit of a fix-it. Okay. Um, we were talking about painting last week. And one thing we were talking about when you have a set idea and you go to paint and you're, you've got a plan, right? Yes. Or you know what your content is or something. and for me, the, the issue is, I wanted to just clarify this, is that I don't want to have a dissociative experience making artwork. So what do you mean by that? I mean that you are disconnected from reality and it's different than mindfulness. It's, and I, it, it would happen to me, it, it usually happens with people who have trauma or um, something, but when you get into crafting and it's a repetitive technical um, practice, for me, that would be, let's say coloring in a, a coloring book or crayon. And I know that people love coloring books. And part of it is that you can really, um, you can disassociate from reality. It's an escape because you're filling in the lines. You're not making decisions. You're, you're deciding the colors. And um, I love that feeling, but I don't think it's good for me. So I don't want to have that when I'm doing art. I want to keep it into the Fortunately, painting and coloring does tend to start to talk back to you. So I just don't want to forget for the paint to talk to me. You know ah. what I mean? Yeah. So well, I, I think be, that's that's why I keep painting is because it talks back to me. Yes. Yes. And I just wanted to kind of articulate that, that that's one of the reasons why if I have a hard, you know, and I paint from my collages lots of times, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be realistic portrayals of a collage. <laughs> The collage is like a process. It's just step one. Mm -hmm. Even if I do drawings, it's step one, you know? It's all step one to me. Yeah, it's all step one. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, rule number one, party. 
Yes, rule number one, party. Oh, and you know, I've got a lot of recommendations for things to watch from people. So that's okay. pretty exciting, seeing um, seeing different people, seeing people in person and talking to them. We've got to check out the show Counterpoint. Counterpoint? It doesn't, it sounds slightly related to your life after Mars. Okay. A, a life in Mars. Um, yeah, it's called Counterpoint. And I don't know why I never heard of it before. So um, it sounded very intriguing. I'll search for it here yeah. as soon as we get through... Uh... Uh, right. life on mars and we'll I'll probably look for that and then mm -hmm. and then go find ashes to ashes definitely definitely so i'm gonna have to get um brit box it sounds like eventually well one thing about brit box is there's a lot of content there yes yes there is a ton and of content and you know because we're not going out a whole lot um right. in the evenings we right. we eat up a lot of content so yeah yeah and it's good to have that. Do it while you can, because um, hopefully you'll also be doing action soon. Yes. Um, any forecasting on how long Ontario is going to be closed down? Or um, I think it's all dependent on the, the case counts. Yes. I don't think yeah. anyone can really speculate. Um, you know, a year ago... We were we were alarmed because there was like two and three hundred cases new cases per day, and it's um, between three and four thousand now. It's terrible. I looked it up this morning. It was shocking. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of spread, and yeah. yeah, it is alarming. And and people are 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 tired of being conservative and compliant and being careful and wearing the mask and not seeing their friends and family. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's fatiguing for sure. It is fatigue for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm buoyed by the fact that more and more people are getting, uh, are getting vaccinated. And, you know, once you start to re reduce the number of available people to, uh, to get sick enough to seek out a test, then yep. uh, the, the number of cases are, have to go down. And they have just, to, just they have to. to, and it'll happen all of us. It'll happen and it'll be noticeable. Right, it sh it should be happening in a, in a couple more weeks. Yeah, I, the... I sure do hope so. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, I wanted to mention that mm -hmm. uh, that our listeners can reach us anytime by nice. emailing us at the agency dot podcast mm -hmm. at gmail dot com. Mm -hmm. Not that I would see the emails <laughs> because I am locked out of our email I'll account. I'll unlock it again. I don't know what's going on with that. That I, I changed the, the security setting on it. The, the problem is it tells me that I need to uh, I need to text. I need to get a, sure, a, sure. a special code texted. But when I ask for that, it goes to your phone, not mine. Oh, so um, so okay. that's the problem. So okay. maybe after this, we could get me in. I'll, I'll get you in. Have I'll I missed out on any juicy emails? You know, I, I'm I'm failing you here, Eugene. I haven't checked. Because I've I, I I assumed again you were doing it and it honestly I, I can't just, get in. I, I, been able to get I, didn't, in I didn't realize that. I thought you got in last week. So we'll we'll fix that soon and I'll go check. Do you want me to look right now just in case there is something? Well, there? sure, why not? Yeah, why not? It's so fun for listeners to hear me typing, I'm sure. I think so. Typing in typing in email addresses <laughs> for sure. And flipping my paper around and, and drinking. And I'll water. drink my Earl Grey while you do it. 
right. Mm. Let's see what we got here. Good tea. I'm drinking, I'm drinking hotel lobby coffee. And when we went down to get it this morning, there was a fellow working there. And I was like, hi, good morning and everything. And, he, and he, he's friendly. And then he comes over and he's like, get your ass away from my coffee. <laughs> and, said, and then we said, well, what would you say if you didn't like us? He goes, oh, I'd be so polite. <laughs> um you're not gonna like what i'm seeing here more people want us to get to help they they hate our podcast they hate our design and they want us to get them to help us market so ah, so they would they want us to give them money so that they yes. can like build us a nice website and like that right website design website design and what we really hope is that our listeners enjoy it and they tell their friends and family to watch it or share it on facebook share our um Moses is out there sharing the um, link to the podcast and so is David. So if you are interested in our podcast and you enjoy listening to it, can you please share our, our link with um, your friends on Facebook? And also if, if uh, you have uh, any ideas for interesting guests uh, that, that ought to be on our, our podcast that, that people that you know, who uh, are interesting in, in one way or another, uh, tell us about it, Uh, make your pitch, give us your best pitch. Right. We're always Absolutely. open for for new experiences and um, and uh, talking to people who look at worlds the world in a different way. Definitely, definitely. So meantime, and on that, yes, I'll continue. No, go. Well, meantime, we don't. We, we just have to. Uh, we have to cry about the fact that nobody's written to us. <laughs> That's right. So take pity on us and, and send us a letter, please. That would be great. We'd appreciate yeah, that'd it. that would be great. And I'm going to try and change the settings so that Eugene can log in. Yay. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll make it your phone number. That might be an idea. Oh, can you do that? Well, then yeah. you'll just get locked out. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. All right. We'll figure it out. Okay. Well, you know, actually, if it has, say, my phone number, your text number or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. We, we each have a way of getting verified. Yeah, I just don't know why it's so freaking secure. For what I reason? I don't know. Some <laughs> things are secure. Some things aren't secure. Yes, it's the, yes. the way of the world. Yes. All right. Okay, I think so that's it, huh? we're going to be back at you next week. Yeah. Um, and where are you going to be next week? I don't know. I think I'll be back in Chicago. Okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll be talking to you at yes. that time. Thanks for tuning in. By the thank way, you. I just wanted to thank our listeners yes. um, and especially new listeners because uh, our um, our downloads have noticeably gone up in the last couple of weeks. Fantastic. Uh, and Thank you um, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, so keep coming back. I, I hope that uh, that uh, our shows continue to, uh, to, to provide some uh, interest in entertainment for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.